Can you return to a fulfilling, challenging and successful career after a long career break? After listening to this collection of returner stories, we hope your answer will be a resounding yes. I'm Karen. And I'm Liz. We're both coaches with Women Returners, the Return to Work Specialists. We work with employers and career returners to enable professionals to return to satisfying and fulfilling work after career breaks of two, five or 15 plus years. Over the years, we've coached hundreds of career returners and we're excited to share some of their inspirational stories with you. On our Career Returners podcast, you'll hear from a diverse range of people who are successfully back at work after taking long career breaks for childcare, eldercare, health, relocation or other reasons. They share the ups and downs of their return to work journeys, the challenges, the rewards and their learnings. After each story, Liz and I will chat over some of the key themes that emerged and share some of our top return to work tips. A big thank you to JP Morgan for supporting us to bring this podcast to life. Now in its ninth year, the JP Morgan re-entry program offers experienced professionals who've taken a career break of at least two years the support and resources they need to relaunch their careers. Currently running in the UK, US, Europe, India, Singapore and Hong Kong, JP Morgan's re-entry program provides a fully supported transition back to work. In keeping with the international reach of their programme, in Series 2 of our podcast, we've captured stories of returners returning to work both in the UK and in other countries. After listening to this episode, do head along to womenreturners.com, where you'll find lots of advice, over 100 success stories, and a range of return-to-work opportunities for people on a career break wanting to get back to work. And do also sign up to our free network and Facebook group for extra support and connection. And now, over to this week's guest. I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Tamara Patera. Tamara is an experienced equity market professional, an Italian born and raised in Zurich. Tamara has travelled extensively across Europe, developing her knowledge of EU equity markets and cultural sensitivities. Tamara worked for a London-based business, spreading her time between Paris and London, before taking a career break to raise her family. Having discovered women returners through a London-based colleague, Tamara embarked on a return-to-work coaching programme to reconnect with her professional identity and explore potential career options. She cites the power of her network as being instrumental in her return to work. Tamara successfully returned to the workplace in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic, embracing less travel, and more virtual working, and has continued to work in European equity exchange since then. Tamara, welcome. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic to have you. So it seems that you've enjoyed such a fascinating international career, um, and we'd love to hear a little more about your early career and your experiences before you took your career break. Okay, before I took my career break, uh, I was working in sales and business development at um, a London-based trading venue. This involved quite a lot of uh, traveling, as you just mentioned. So I was traveling to different European countries um, to meet with prospects, clients, and lots of other stakeholders at the time. I spent my earlier career working at UBS in London as an equity sales trader. Uh, and in Switzerland in, in sales and, and, and trading. 
And this is also where I started my career. I wasn't even 16 when I started, so I was just under 16. And I started with an apprenticeship at UBS, um, followed by a traineeship specifically on financial markets. Tamara, it would be great to hear a little bit and explore a little bit about your cultural background. You talked about all of the travel that you've been involved in and um, you're an Italian, but you were born and raised in Zurich, as we know, and then you moved to London for a little while before settling in Paris. So we know that you're well-travelled with your career. You've worked across Europe from Scandinavia all the way to Italy. What did you learn from working in different countries with different people and different cultures? I'm so fascinated about, you know, as you say, different people and different cultures. And um, Europe is fragmented. I mean, if you look at obviously the languages, but also mentalities, economies, the history and different systems. And um, I felt like I was working with an ecosystem. Because also, you know, when, when you speak to different people, you speak to people in Germany and then again in, in Italy and, 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 and in Switzerland and elsewhere, you realize also that they are very interested in what you have to say because they learn through me, uh, in this case, about, you know, different cultures, what other people are interested in, what business areas they're looking at. So, yeah, and also I think they feel that you're not trying to fit them into a box and that you're listening to them, to the way their country works, uh, which can be completely different from a country to another. So, yeah, I think I feel lucky because I've always, as I said, been attracted to different cultures and languages. And also, you know, it was giving me the opportunity to speak all my four languages every single day, uh, which I think was was amazing. And it definitely, it has opened doors uh, for me throughout my career because quite concretely uh, I got my job as a sales trader in London because I was speaking Italian and obviously English and uh, and then again I got my other opportunity uh, working for um, a trading venue because I was speaking all those four languages but also more importantly I had the cultural background that went with each language and because it was a small company they thought you know oh well great you know with one person we can cover lots of different countries in Europe. So, um, yeah, so I've learned quite a lot. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of flexibility involved as well um, and adaptability because you're always flexible. You're always listening to different people in different languages, you know, who have different points of view. Um, So, yeah, in terms of living, um, I was brought up bilingual because my family is very Italian and, uh, but obviously Zurich is in Switzerland, is very German. And I had to get on with things already when I was little because my parents didn't speak the language, they couldn't help me with homework or any, anything else. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, that's also sort of strengthened me in a way. It's amazing to think that you, you know, you said you started work when you were 16, so at such a young age, and that that experience of working in these different countries with different people, different cultures... And the skills that that gave you in terms of your listening skills, your communication skills, being able to adapt to different people, different languages, different countries, how flexible you were. So building this fantastic toolkit of strengths and skills from such a young age, you know, it appears that, you know, it it stayed with you, hasn't it? So you took a seven-year career break when you had your, your family. After such a busy, varied, exciting, fascinating career, how was that period for you when you were, when you were at home with the kids? Well, I have to say, it's one of those things where you, you just know what you want. I mean, and, um, and it's 
It's difficult because, you know, at the time I was doing really well and, you know, I was happy with, with my career, but I just knew that I had to be with my kids. It was very, very intense because, quite frankly, I don't have a support network here. I don't have my parents. I don't have any neighbors or friends who could help me. But I was in my element at the time. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be with the children. I didn't want to miss out on anything because, because I just thought, you know, that's never, ever going to come back. And I had, I think, the first four years, perhaps, where I wasn't, you know, I thought I was never going to go back to work, which amazes me now. And also, I didn't really sort of keep in touch enough, possibly, with my then really vast network. Because I just, um, as I said, because I felt I was at the right place then with my family. Yeah. And I think that that's that's wonderful that you were able to be there, enjoy them in that in those early years. And as you say, you know, it is it is a time that we don't get back. And it's a time that um, if we're lucky enough to be able to do it, we can really enjoy it and be really proud of it. You talked about it being intense, not having the support network around you. Do you think there were experiences during that time that actually added to your skills and strengthened your return to work toolkit and what you could then offer to a future employer? It's an interesting question because, you know, if, if I don't think about it, my, my spontaneous answer will be, you know, no, because obviously, you know, I was doing the laundry and the groceries. And, but then thinking about it, to be honest, I did quite a few experiences throughout that time. I worked on a voluntary basis for the uh, schools association. Uh, I also helped out a friend who is um, in, in the theatre business. Because I was talking to all these parents, you know, at the school gates, you know, I got in touch and I started expressing my interest uh, in, in, you know, going back to work. That was in the early days. And so I got in touch with a person who wanted to, who talked who told me about how, you know, working for a recruitment, as a recruitment person. So I did explore that a little bit. And then also I had an experience, I explored becoming a, an insurance agent because of the flexibility that that involves. You can work from home, you know. But all of that to say that all these experiences have taught me that I didn't want to go ahead with them, that I wanted to go back to what I was doing. And more directly speaking, you know, in terms of the skills during that period, I think a lot of them are soft skills. I'm clearly not the same person as I used to be, clearly not. Uh, there is much more, I think it is emotional intelligence, or a lot of empathy now. I think by staying with the children, you know, from that time of intensity I just mentioned, I'm you know, much more resilient as well uh, and also more daring. Also, I feel like I have more leadership skills. Before, you know, I used to sort of, I was, I was happy to hide a little bit. And now uh, I feel, as I said, more daring and more going naturally towards more of a leadership role. And finally, I think I've become more creative because you have to find solutions with your children. You know, they don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. You know, and you come up, you know, at the second with lots of creative solutions. And I think, quite frankly, that helps because I'm, I'm like that at work now. I can think of different solutions. I, I, I just don't stop, you know, looking for different ways. And one last thing, which uh, again sounds like, you know, it's got nothing to do with work, but actually I learned to play the piano. And because it's so abstract it was very abstract and it's, it still is actually uh, I think it opened it made part of 
my brain work, which, you know, hadn't been working before. And that I realize now at work that I'm very, um, I'm not afraid of learning about, you know, data analysis, for example, which again, you know, I don't really have experience with from the past, but um, it made me much more open to abstract things. I'm not as scared, you know, to learn things which are completely unfamiliar to me. And that's a huge amount that y- you you learnt during your break. You know, I loved all the soft skills that you talked about from your emotional intelligence really growing to your empathy and resilience, but also the things that you had a go at, the things that you explored and that they taught you as much about what you didn't want to do as what you do want to do going forward. And I love that piece around learning the piano and really kind of opening up new pathways and making you happy and eager to learn new things and not be scared of new challenges. Yeah, Karen, I would agree with that. And I think we know that one of the things that employers value most about returners is that wisdom, that maturity, that perspective, all of those different things that you've learned and experienced during your career break. And I can certainly resonate with the the creativity part. I think when you're, you know, having to think on your feet and having to be resilient, it certainly lends new skills when you return to work. Tamara, you know, we know that you were very well established in your career pre-break. And when returning to work, it can be a shock sometimes to to realise that you aren't getting the same positive response from recruiters. Maybe recruiters aren't replying to your emails when, you know, pre-break you were very in demand. Tell us a little bit about how that was for you and how you dealt with it. It was a shock. It clearly was a shock. Um, I think I just didn't give up, which sounds very easy now. But uh, concretely at the time, you know, I went into an interview with a big bank and they said, you know, we want people we can plug and play. Uh, Or, you know, I did apply to um, uh, quite a few returnships and obviously, you know, I didn't secure a a role through those either. And then, you know, again, there were like people who were introduced to me personally, like physically by friends and colleagues and who had then emailed and never received a reply. And they even, you know, even chased, which isn't in my nature. But ultimately, I think what, what I did is I took even more action. And, you know, yes, I did, you know, take up a, um, I did work with a coach because that clearly helped me to focus on the possibilities rather than, you know, everything that was impossible at the time. And it it helped me to focus on on the positives, on the strengths, on what I could offer, you know, because it was so easy, so easy for me to just despair, you know, and, and focus on everything that wasn't working out. So I think taking action is, is empowering. And again, you know, just don't give up. And also it helped f- me personally, in my experience, to sometimes, you know, step back and view myself like I was a brand, like a product I needed to sell, you know, and because you can get very emotional and it can be very, um, well, it can hurt. <laughs> so I think it does help as well to step back and say, you know, I'm selling this product. So what are the strengths? What are the good things? What, are, what would you do? You know, and also I think I, what I did is I had a plan. So I did set myself clear targets. I was like, even if it was just like by the end of this week, you will have called that former colleague, you know, and just touch base. Or by then, you know, you will have researched, you know, those those different uh, websites of, you know, um, uh, potential employers. It was beneficial for me to not sit there and overthink and overanalyze. But again, I come back to that same word, you know, stay in action, just do something and set yourself targets and don't focus on. And even, you know, when um, when it didn't go really 
well with that interview, for example, with the Big Bang. But in fact, it it confirmed to me that that's where I wanted to be (laughs) because I felt very comfortable in that meeting room, walking into those big buildings. You know, I felt back in my element again. I know it sounds, it's easier now, uh, but there is a lot that you can do when, when things are not working out as you, as you wish. That's brilliant. And I, and I love the, the different elements of that in your approach. So I love that positive mindset from the start, the fact that you were looking at what was possible, not impossible. You were thinking about your strengths and what you could offer. And then that you took, you, you made a plan, you know, this is my plan of action. This is what I'm going to, what I'm going to do. These are the, the small steps that I'm going to take, because we know that you just need to take a little step every day. And that's what's going to help you to move forward. And you, you, you get courage from moving forward and taking these actions. And even in the setbacks, you took the positive from it. You know, you took the learning from it. So really fantastic mindset around not giving up, even when you're not getting where you want to be as quickly as you'd like to. One of the things that stood out for us when we were listening to your story was how you utilise the power of your network and the different actions that you took to make yourself visible and open to opportunities. How did you go about this? You've spoken at, at times about, you know, being being in Paris, being quite isolated, feeling quite isolated. So how did you go about leveraging these networks? And why do you think that was so important to you in your return to work? If I look back at my career, you know, it all happens thanks to, to networking because uh, I must have applied for a job, you know, as I said, when I was 15 for for the apprenticeship and then again for the traineeship. But then I haven't ever been applying for a job. You know, it was people offering me roles. And, you know, as I said, quite concretely, you know, I was offered this, the job in sales trading, thanks to a colleague who I met earlier in Switzerland and who moved to London and and then asked me to to join him. And again, I had this opportunity with uh, MTF for the trading venue, which was a very interesting opportunity, thanks to, again, you know, people I, I knew from the past. And then finally, I now have my job thanks to that same person. So clearly, for me, it was being isolated because I think that is the word. All my, my professional life is, is for me based in London. That's where I, you know, even when I moved to Paris, I still kept on working for London-based companies and I was spending still a lot of time in London, working out of London. So yeah, I was isolated here because there was no women returners here, no returnships happening in, in France, you know, no colleagues, you know, I could just see for a coffee network, you know, calling up people and, uh, you know, I met them when they came to Paris, would they go for lunch? Also, you know, the, the parents at the school gate, that's where all the opportunities came from for me. It wasn't just applying to, you know, some website that things happened for me. It was through making myself visible. Uh, I also decided, you know, when I strategically uh, let people know that I wanted to return to work and to my previous career, I also attended, you know, industry events, which are really important, like, like once a year. And literally, I met like everyone from the past. I met colleagues from, you know, UBS at London, from the trading venues, I met clients, you know, former clients, and I think it helped. I think it made a big difference because you're credible. So, yeah, I mean, I'll just let people strategically know uh, and then showed up wherever I could. Yeah, I think that's so important. And it it's that sort of stepping back in. And it was at that point, wasn't it, that you realised how 
as you said before, how comfortable you felt there. And, you know, prior to that, you perhaps weren't sure which way your career was going to go, you know, various different options, whether it was a returnship or potentially a change of direction. But stepping back in was that key moment for you, wasn't it? Realising that this is part of who you are, this is the network that you enjoy, and then really leveraging that opportunity and being very visible. Let's think about you returning to work now and those first few weeks back at work. What were some of the highlights and challenges, Tamara? You know, how were you feeling in those first few weeks back? Uh, Yes, I mean, when I was back the first few weeks, I was very enthusiastic. And, uh, you know, I couldn't believe I had a professional email address, you know, attached to my name. (laughs) So it's like silly things like that, which uh, just brought my professional ID back. And my professional ID is is very strong because it's it's 20 years out of, you know, it's half of my life, say, you know. And um, it was great to have that part of the brain back working again. I just loved having colleagues. I, was, I miss the colleagues, I think most, actually. That, you know, that, that's, again, another work, network. You know, you speak to colleagues at work, you know, and you take it for granted. But actually, you know, I was just, I was just very, very happy to have them back. Well, I felt, you know, I was where I, I wanted to be and where I, I feel most comfortable. And it was like riding a bicycle a little bit. So my sense of worth and also independence, I have to say, um, was back. And that was great. The challenges, I mean, there were many, many, all the logistics, you know, who was going to do all the things I was doing at home, because obviously that's not very valued in our society, but that is like a 24 hours job. So I had to organize all of that. You know, childcare was a challenge because it didn't work out very well from the start. And also it was a new role for me. So I wasn't returning to something I knew. So that was a challenge. And I think more importantly, in order to be able to actually do that role, I had to pass different exams with the French regulator. That was quite stressful. And, uh, you know, I was expected to, to do those exams quite quickly and get them out of the way uh, because I, need, I needed to obtain the license to, to, to do that job. And then last but not least, it, there was Brexit. So Brexit, you know, until the end of 2020, there were so many uncertainties and this role was created as part of, you know, the company setting up a, a branch in, in Paris. So quite frankly, I wasn't sure, you know, where, where is, what's going to happen on the 1st of January? You know, what if Brexit doesn't go through? Will I still have this job? You know, so there were a lot of uncertainties and exams to pass and a lot of organization involved. Yeah, and learning a new role. But um, again, my feelings were positive. Uh, I, was, I was eager to learn. I was curious. So yeah, I mean, I overtook, I overtook all the challenges after all. But I did set myself, again, targets. Like, okay, end of December, that's when we know whether Brexit is actually going to happen. And then the other target was, okay, by March, I will know whether I have passed these exams. And by the end of the first year, you know, what, will, what do I think of that role, actually? Because it's the new role, it's not what I'm used to. Uh, so again, I set myself like a couple of months targets and that helped. It's really interesting that you say that because we know that a lot of people on career break are really nervous about getting back up to speed again professionally and how long it's going to take them. You know, you were navigating a new role, exams, the uncertainty of Brexit, with all of that as well. So how long would you say it did take you to get back up to speed? And what really helped you to kind of move forward? I think what helped without me me even making an effort is that thanks to the experience, I could put, there were like lots of pieces of a puzzle. And I sort of, you know, 
could put them back together. And, and thanks to that, I was asking you know, colleagues the right questions. So it wasn't that I wasn't starting from zero, obviously, because, because of that experience. Uh, so that definitely helped. I think I was very proactive and I wanted to do things by myself. So whenever you know, I didn't know something, I would just dig and you know, work things out myself. But quite concretely, if I have to answer your question in terms of how long did it take me to be back to speed? Not long, because um, again, it's the bicycle thing, you know, where I've, I felt, you know, I was boom, I was straight back in again. So it didn't take me long at all. But then, you know, to be obviously honest, I had to learn a new role. So back to speed uh, in general, it was pretty immediate. Uh, but back to speed in that role, I think it was after maybe two or three months of doing it. Some great things that you're talking about there, Tamara, and I can really hear your uh, resilience that you talked about and your flexibility and adaptability from those early days that served you well through your career. I think definitely having a proactive approach. I love your bicycle analogy, you know, getting back on, feeling the fear, feeling the nerves that might be there, but doing it anyway and actually, you know, really enjoying that sense of regaining your professional identity. So looking back now... What are some of the things that you're most proud of, both personally and professionally, in your return to work journey? Yeah, I love this question because, you know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves, you know, of what we do. And, um, you know, I realized uh, that I can be proud of, you know, when I asked close friends, you know, about, uh, or when I told them, you know, about my challenges, about my, my journey. And they said, you know, I want to have your life. You know, you've had 20 years of, of career and then you've had, you know, two children and you took the time to be with them and then you found a job again. And then, so, yes, I'm very proud that I could be with my children, you know, when they were little and, and care, you know, take care of them myself. And now I'm, I'm proud again because I feel I'm a, like, I'm, like I'm a bit of a role model um, to them. But also I'm very simply proud that I managed to get back and settled in, you know, so rapidly in a totally new role. Also, I managed, you know, to get through the whole, you know, lockdowns and working from home in a new role, uh, remotely, not having colleagues sitting, you know, around me, not being able to just ask questions across the desk. I'm proud that I managed, you know, all those exams, which were quite terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's lovely the way you say that you actually, if you take the time to step back and get that perspective on your career. You know, you've had that wonderfully fulfilling 20-year career before your break. Then you got to enjoy that time with your kids when they were little. And now, look, you found your way back to a new role. You've tackled the uncertainty of COVID, Brexit. You've taken exams, you know, and you're thriving in your new role. So there's certainly a lot to be very proud of. Do you think, is there anything that you wish you'd known at the start of your return to work journey? that you didn't know then, but you know now? If there's anything that any tips that anyone could have given you right at the beginning that would have been helpful? Yeah, possibly the one, I think I must have known unconsciously, but stay in touch. Just stay in touch with people. And I know it's challenging, but it was for me because having been, you know, with all these clients and, you know, and, and prospects, as I mentioned, all these stakeholders, I was always in touch with people for work. So I sort of needed to break away from everyone. But I think now, looking back, I would have forced myself, you know, to just every now and then be in touch with like 10 people or so. You know, just 
make a little effort, it will pay. It's definitely worth it. Also, make yourself visible. Uh, if you know, if you're sure that you're, you know, want to go back to work, you know, I think it's important to be quite strategic about it and tell people. Otherwise, they won't know. They won't be. They won't be thinking of you. They won't be talking to you about, uh, you know, opportunities. If you can you know turn up to events you know industry events or anything to do with um, the the sector you're interested in you know do that make yourself visible and also prepare i mean it sounds so scholar but um, i did obviously as part of my coaching program i i went through everything from the cv to my linkedin profile i researched quite a lot of uh, you know websites of the uh, employers i was sending in uh, applications um, to i was doing quite a lot of reading as well of industry specific you know press Yes, I mean, also, you know, advice is see a coach, you know, work with a coach because it does really help. It's, it's you know, if you're lost or if, um, you know, if you don't know where to go, if you're in despair, if you, if you don't know what you want, you know, that's definitely worth investing in. And uh, I think, again, give yourself, I mean, I, I was giving myself all those targets and I had a plan that was invaluable invaluable because you felt that you were accomplishing things and again they don't have to be very complex you know mostly there were things which were in my control I mean giving someone a call you know I was controlling that uh it wasn't you know I, I have to get a positive answer from that person or that company because obviously you know that's that's more more you know it's trickier to to control so many great tips there, Tamara. You know, utilising the power of your network as you've talked already, making yourself visible, being strategic about it, being vocal about it, telling people. And I love that you talked before about, you know, that might be business connections, but it also might be mums at the school gate or personal contacts that you've got. It's just verbalising that. And you talked a lot about preparation. I think that's so important. You know, you getting ready, having a look at your CV, doing your research, getting that support that you need, reaching out, having a coach to support you and help you to think more effectively and work out where you want to head. And mostly, I love the fact that you talk about keeping moving forwards, your plan. It doesn't need to be huge things, huge steps, but you've got a plan in place and you keep taking action every day and keep moving forwards and keep looking at things that are in your control. So thank you so much for sharing those tips. It's been fantastic talking with you today. Thank you, Liz and Karen, for having me. Uh, it was a real, real pleasure to be here with you today. One of the things that stood out for me in our conversation with Tamara was how she utilised the power of her network to return to work. We could really hear her passion coming through for her pre-break career, where she was travelling across Europe, using her languages and experiencing different cultures. Yes, and meeting those key clients and stakeholders, building and strengthening her network. It was clear, wasn't it, that Tamara really enjoys networking. And what I also loved was how she talked about becoming super visible when seeking to return to work. Visibility is so important, isn't it? When Tamara made that decision to return to work, she was very strategic about it, letting people know so she would be front of mind for opportunities. She attended industry events and arranged meetings with colleagues and contacts from the past, even though it was seven years ago before her break. And that action makes all the difference, doesn't it? We often see a loss in professional confidence from returners due to that time away from their career. And the only way to begin to build this up again is to bravely take some action. Tamara was stepping back into her professional identity, which can feel really daunting at first. But as you re-establish your connections and make new ones, it does get easier. 
Yeah, we we often wait, don't we, until we feel confident enough or prepared enough. But what we have to do is take action before then. And that will actually drive that professional confidence back up and likely lead to more opportunities as you're visible and mentally you're in a better place. Yeah. And it was interesting too, wasn't it, that Tamara wasn't even sure that she wanted to return to work in her old sector at all. But it was the opportunity to join an event which was pivotal to her and reignited her passion for her old career. By being open and staying connected, Tamara gave herself the chance to try on different options and realise which was the right one for her. Yeah, that's right. And as you prepare to return to work, do consider what some of your options might be. And importantly, how can you use your network to support you? Think widely about the people that you have in your network. It's not just about career connections. It may be the parents at the school gate, personal contacts or friends of friends. Yeah, and LinkedIn is also a fantastic place to find some of those old business connections and potentially some new ones in areas of work you are interested in pursuing. The main thing is to take some brave action and create a plan for being more visible and opening up new opportunities. Thanks for joining us today and we really hope that this story will inspire you to take the next step in your own return to work journey. Do tell your friends and family about the Career Returners podcast. And when you get a moment, we'd love you to subscribe, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A big thanks again to JP Morgan for supporting us to create this podcast series. JP Morgan has supported professionals on a career break to successfully return to work for many years and values a diversity, fresh perspective and wealth of experience that returning professionals can bring. Take a look at their successful re-entry programme if you're thinking about returning to work. And if you're looking for more advice and guidance in your own return to work journey, we're here to support you. Visit us at womenreturners.com and sign up to our free Women Returners professional network to hear about current returner opportunities and events, including our free monthly webinars for network members. And do join our growing community of returners in our Facebook group for valuable peer support. We look forward to you joining us again for our next episode of the Career Returners podcast.